Welcome to The Coaching Podcast, Coach for Success in Sport and Business. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Coaching Podcast. I'm here with Tammy Saunders. Absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much. We're going to jump straight into it, Tammy. The first question is the Vegemite question. You either love it or you hate it or you haven't tried it, the Australian spread. What's your take? My take is I have tried the uh, German version of this, which is Marmite. I don't understand why human beings think this is a thing we should be eating. But I also know that there are human beings who feel the same way about peanut butter. Like I've had uh, European folks who are like, why do Americans eat peanut butter? So, you know, it's all relative. It's all contextual. Fantastic. Well, because you answered that way, the follow-up question is your worst coaching moment and the lessons. So can you think back to a time of a coaching moment that didn't go so well or maybe you were getting coached or you were the coach. It's totally up to you, but can Got you it. think of one? Got it. Yeah, so a coaching moment that did not go well uh, where I was the coach. Um, you know, I have gotten myself uh, into some into some um, situations because I tend to be a very direct person um, and I, I, I'm, I'm a very direct communicator. And so, you know, a coaching moment, when, when coaching moments don't go well for me, it's usually because I have said something quite directly to someone without taking into consideration uh, how it might hit them. And, you know, they have sort of gone off the rails with how they feel about what I said. And so now and then I have to do sort of some emotional cleanup. So it is that that is a, you know, something I actually now I sort of prep people for at the very beginning. I say, look, I'm a very direct communicator. I'm not a diplomatic communicator. Um you know, if you have feelings about what I say, I'm, ha- I'm here to process those feelings with you. Uh, but just just know that I'm very direct. Uh, it, it gets me in trouble. It does. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing. I love that. It, being upfront at the start is, is really important, isn't it? Um, and the follow-up one, of course, is can you think of a, a great coaching moment and what, were the, what are the lessons? You know, a great coaching moment is when you see the light bulb come on. When you just see, like, have you had that Emma where, like, you know, you're 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 working someone someone through something, and it's just like, bing, you can see the moment where they get it, and that's for me. I think it's really important as a coach to just step back from that moment, just step back, right? Like, don't try to get in there and be like, yay, you got it. Like, just step back and let it let it let that person absorb that wisdom for themselves so they can own that wisdom and carry that wisdom forward. Oh, I love it. Unlocking the inner learning. Fantastic. Our next question is the sliding doors question. Is there one that stands out that you could share? Um, a moment where my, my life could have gone one way or the other? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's actually, you know, I probably shouldn't be sharing this, uh, but it's the one that comes to mind, and so I have to do what's true, uh, so I'm going to share it with you. When I was uh, When I was in my early 20s, I was keeping company with someone uh, who was not making very good life choices. And uh, this person uh, really loved, I, I drove like a, like a crazy person when I was in my, when I was in my, my, uh, my early 20s. I just drove like the world needed to get out of my way. And so this person was like, you know, you would make a really great getaway driver. And I'm, I'm coming up with this notion for, you know, like I might hit a bank and I need a, I need a getaway driver. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. Like that was like, it wasn't like a job interview. Like I was being job interviewed to be a, to be a bank. Oh, wow. Robbery getaway driver. Uh, and it's just one of those moments where, you know, you think that like, you like something like this could like never happen to you. But I think that we are making choices all the time. There are these small choices with huge ramifications, huge ramifications. 
So we kind of like to pay pay attention to these like you know these these, these moments of choice. Uh, and so you know I had this, like this option where I could have become like I could be a lifetime movie right now. Wow. Wow, I'm so glad you're not. (laughs) Thank you. Me too. Me too. Really good. Me too. You know, and I've had I've had choices uh, whether to sort of step into rooms of healing or to stay outside of rooms of healing. I've seen people make the choice to not walk through the door, and you know, I've I've made choices uh, consistently to sort of walk through the doors of healing, and I think those have been huge sliding door moments for me. Oh, fantastic! And in our twenties too, isn't it interesting how we we feel so invincible. You know, I love that you're so mm-hmm. honest and say, it sounds like a great idea. Like, I mean, it's totally not, it did. of course. But it did. And to this yeah. day, Emma, to this day, I remain obsessed with bank robber movies, right? <laughs> like, when, when Ben Affleck came out with The Town, I've seen The Town, like, 40 times. Like, because that could have been me. That could have been, like, a, like it, and it looks, I, I think, too, that, you know, especially for coaching and coaching young people, the, the the thing, and I do a lot of coaching of, of, of folks uh, who are in their, their 20s and early 30s, and I, I think it's really important to understand you really don't know what you don't know. You really don't. I know that you're in this place, in this time in your life where you feel so much into yourself. You have, you know, you, you know so much more and you have all of this exertion on the world that you can do, but man, you really don't know what you don't know. And mm. so... You know, we, we, we have this sort of these fantasies about time travel and how we'd like to, you know, go to the future. If you want to go to the future, hang out with people who are 20 to 30 years older than you. That's how you, that's how you understand the future, right? That's how you understand the future as a young person. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, the next question is in one to a maximum of three words. What do you think makes a great coach? Uh, awareness is the word that comes to mind is awareness. If, if I am aware of myself, and I am aware of you, and I am aware of the moment we are in together, I can make something out of that. I can, And I can help you make something out of that too. So for me, it would be awareness. Fantastic. Thank you. And finally, our last question is where we ask you to ask us a question. What, what's that one thing that always sparks Tammy's curiosity? I always want to know, how did you figure out that you could do this? And, and what I'm getting at is, how did you create possibility? Because this I this has actually been one of the limiting factors of my own life, is I did not know to create possibility, or I did not know how to create possibility. And I feel like I've been I've been learning this all my life. You know, I come from a background of a very uh, working class, intergenerational, you know, trauma-stricken folks um, who had very limited scope of the world. And so they passed that limited scope on to me. And I've spent my whole life widening my scope, just pull, you know, opening my scope. And the way you do that, is, at least for me, the way I do that is I require myself to go out and learn what's possible. So I'm constantly trying to learn what's possible. So when people, when I see someone, like if I were to meet Oprah, I'd just be like, Oprah, how did you figure out you could be Oprah? Like, what was the moment when you knew, like, you could be Oprah? How did you get to that, right? Or when someone gets a new job, I'm like, how did you find that job? How did you know you could do that job? You know, when you, when, when you and I are talking about, you know, this podcast, like, how did you know you could do this, right? So that's really what I'm constantly asking people is, how did you find or discover or make this possibility for yourself? Well, fantastic. Thank you so much. 
if if you have a few more minutes, I'd love to just do a bit of an extended interview. Is that okay yeah, sure. with you? Yeah, All right, absolutely, awesome. absolutely. This so, is like one of the most fun. I'm serious. This is so fun. I have never had such a focused, like hard, like quick driving conversation uh-huh. before. This is great. Yeah. It's all it's inspirational. I'd love to do a little extended interview on number number one. Um, before the show, you were talking about what you're really thinking deeply about with regards to coaching. And number two is about this coaching the next generation. I'm always fascinated about, you know, some what are their maybe couple of biggest challenges. So what, what do you want to start with first? Got it. Yes. What I've been thinking about on a deeper level as it relates. Okay. So what I've been thinking about on a deeper level as it relates to coaching is power and agency. Um, what, I often, what I often see, particularly in leadership, is either... I'm I, I'm I'm experiencing and seeing an, and observing an extreme in leaders. Either either leaders overexert their power and operate from a power over model, or they completely abdicate their power and don't leverage it to um, drive performance uh, and get to results. They they just sort of abdicate it and, and, and run away from it. And I had a conversation with a, with a leader recently around diversity and inclusion. And this leader, and I said to this leader, you know, you have a lot of power in this, in this arena. And the leader was like, no, 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 no. I don't, no, no, no. I don't want to know anything about that because, and, and I think, you know, it's because the, the, the word power is understood in sort of very extreme ways. And I said, well, you know, one of the ways that you have power is you decide what your team is going to focus on, right? They take their cue from you. So if you were to say, we are going to focus on inclusion, you've just exerted power to make space for this conversation. You could do that. You could leverage your power this way. If you don't focus any attention on this, your team's going to take that cue and they're not, they're not going to focus any attention on it either. So this is what I mean when I say you have power. You have the ability to exert force on a situation, to exert influence on a situation. So, you know, I see a lot of leaders who really struggle with owning their power and Leveraging their power in a variety of ways. You know, most people know power over. Like I have power over you. But people struggle, I think, with power, having power sharing or power with. Like, I have power with you. or And then people really struggle with, I empower you. Right? They, they really struggle with that. So those are sort of the, some of the areas I'm thinking uh, about when I'm coaching leaders around power. But then I also... Well, I'm sorry, go ahead. Did you want to ask me a question? No, I was just going to um, say what's coming up for me is reframing power because exactly that's that's exactly where i was going with agency yeah okay cool keep going yeah yeah so so then i also like you know once someone sort of understands or at least is willing to understand this the ideas around power then i say you know if it makes you uncomfortable good it should make you uncomfortable power is a huge energy to have right but when we can couple power with a sense of responsibility, a sense of mindfulness, a sense of awareness, 
Now we are starting to mature our power and we're maturing our power into agency. I, I was talking with, um, with, a, with a young man recently, he's 24. And you know, when you're a 24 year old young man, you know, you want power. Power is how you make your way in the world. Mm -hmm. It's how you get girls. If you're a straight young man, money. It's, it's how you get money. Like you, power is really important, right? And we do not, we do not do enough, I think, to teach our boys about how to be responsible with power. We don't do enough. And they have, men have so much power and everyone's yelling at them about it, but no one taught them how to have power when they were boys, right? So then I said to him, you know, that's cool that like you want power, but like, what are you going to do with it that serves the world, right? I would much rather see you exert agency and act with agency in the world. And he said to me, what is that? I've never heard that word before. It was, it was, it was quite an eye-opening moment for me. And so we started to talk about how you take power and you couple it with a sense of responsibility, a sense of mindfulness, and a sense of, 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 of self-awareness. Mm -hmm. And now not only can you serve yourself, but you can serve others. Right? That's, that's a, 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 um, a reflection of agency. That's how you know you have agency when you can serve both in, in a moment, you can serve yourself and others. So, you know, I, I, I do want to spend more of my coaching time on power and maturing power into agency. I think it's one of the most important things we can do, um, particularly for, for young people. I think it's one of the most important things we can do for them as coaches. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I love that because I certainly didn't know where you were going with agency. I was also like, what does she mean by that? I was also very curious to know, but I love acts with agency. Uh, in reframing power and and i know one of my mentors who's quite often a guest coach on this show he talks about being in service and mm -hmm. you when you mention that almost higher order thinking which is hard for the next generation because their life is still so much about them isn't it yes. so what yeah. what are some of the, the um, next generation girl that's hard for, i mean that's yeah. hard for everybody like yeah. like we i mean we are especially in the united states of america which thrives on individualism my freedom, my liberty, rights, my needs, like we thrive on that, right? Well, mm -hmm. you know, power is the exertion of the I. I think agency is the awareness of the we. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. That's going to be, that could be the promo right there, baby, for this episode. <laughs> um, and finally, the lighting was good. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and finally, uh, we'd love to just hear what you see as potentially the top three challenges of the people that you coach in that sort of 20 to 30, you know, what, besides the one that you've already mentioned around power and understanding yeah. power, what, what maybe two others that you are most common that you see that you deal with in your coaching? Yeah. Yeah. I would actually say the three challenges are complexity, complexity, and complexity. Right. <laughs> tell, the me, world, tell me more. The world is not getting simpler. Yeah. It is not getting simpler. I am in my, I am, I am, a, I'm in my early fifties, and I am just now discovering, thanks to the millennials who washed up on the shore of humanity and started naming everything. That's a microaggression. That's gender nonconforming. That's non-binary. That's gaslighting. Like they started. That's colonialism. 
that's systemic oppression. They started naming all of these experiences that we, that, you know, generations before them had been having, but hadn't really had sort of a, a consumable way to, to, to talk about and understand. Mm -hmm. And I find even like my own identity getting more complex now that I, now that I have this simple language yeah. to identify and understand my experience, it's complexifying my experience of myself. Mm -hmm. I can only imagine what it's like to be to sort of come into this world, you know, as a, I, I have a, <clears throat> a good friend who's 16. And, you know, by the time she was 10, she already had a step parent who transitioned and then passed away from cancer. Like she dealt with humongous life scenarios all compacted into one relationship before she was a teen, like by the time she was a teenager, right? That's a lot of complexity. Now, what's interesting is she has this sort of facility with complexity that, you know, like when someone is a native speaker and the thing just rolls off their tongue, like there's things, there are ways that she talks about the world, you know, these very sort of complex realities. She talks about them with ease. She doesn't, like her brain doesn't like lock up Right. Like, you know, she doesn't lock up around pronouns, for example. Right. Uh, whereas, you know, if I tried to get my dad, who's 78, to like use they, them, he'd be like, what in the hell are you talking about? Right. Like, that's just not going to, you know what I'm saying? It's not going to fly. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's it, so I think that there is a there is a a, um, a nativism that that younger people will have with complexity. Um but I also see that complexity causing some cognitive load. So this 24-year-old uh, friend I was talking to said to me, so he is a cisgender straight white man. Mm -hmm. And he said to me recently, I, I sent him the book, uh, this book called Self-Made Man. And mm -hmm. it's um, uh, a, a very interesting read. It's, it's before Me Too, so I wonder what the what the book would be like now. But essentially, it's a, a a woman who identifies as a lesbian, who was always being misgendered, and so and she's a journalist. So she decided to try this project where she lived her life for a year as a man, to see what would it be like to be a man. And she went into very male only spaces and had and presented herself out in the world as a man, mm -hmm. and came away with some very interesting observations about manhood. And her book was published in the early 2000s, I think. So I asked my friend to read this because I wanted to know from his 24-year-old perspective as a man, you know, what things hold true still about manhood and what things have changed about manhood. So he's reading this book. And in this context, we have this conversation. And he says, you know, I don't even really know if I identify as male. Like, I don't know what it means to identify as male. And the things that I've seen so far, like they don't really resonate for me being male. This is a 24-year-old cisgender straight white man who doesn't have to think about this if he doesn't want to. And yet he is because this he lives in this complexity. He swims in, his, in this complexity. And so now he's got this cognitive load of thinking about what it means to be male, which generations before him just completely took for granted. Right. So this complexity, I, I think, is what is going to propel humanity in some new and interesting directions but it also is there's a degree then that because you know those of us who are older we have sort of given younger generations this complexity we need to be supportive of young folks 
as they move through this complexity mm-hmm. and make some space for them and just hold them as they move through this complexity. Even if we can't help them because we're out of our own depth, we at least need to let them know, you know, we hear you, we support you, we're we're here to at least like help you think about this as best we can. There's a through line in anything you've said in this entire episode. It's create space. <clears throat> really, you know, so important as a coach that we're mindful of creating that safe space. And yeah. um and so many I want to do an hour and a half with you. Well, well, but I think I think that that's what inclusion is. Like we, there's all this conversation now around diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I think that that's what inclusion is. If you are going to bring someone in, you have to make space for them, and that is going to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's going to be uncomfortable because to make space means to allow for difference, to allow for disruption, um, to allow for difficulty. Like it. it and so we do all have to, I, I believe there's a degree of awareness we have to bring about ourselves that, okay, this is going to, this is going to be nerves making for me or uncomfortable for me, but that's what, that's what's needed to make space. Mm-hmm. And then like beautiful things can happen. Like yeah. really, like my, my friend and I, we got to this part in the conversation because he and I are very close and we were like, dude, like if there was no gender, like what would we call each other? Like how would we refer what would be our language for each other if we didn't have, like, it became this incredible creative conversation, uh-huh. right? So you can get to really interesting places if you can make some space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, great place for us to uh, to finish with um, self-awareness and uh, how... Making some space. Making space and everyone starting to think about how did they create their possibilities? How did I get to where I am today? So thank yeah. you so much, Tammy being on the coaching podcast we appreciate you and uh everyone have a great day thank you thank you this is so much fun thanks again the coaching podcast was brought to you by emma doyle and simon blair emma doyle is a global speaker and performance coach helping unleash human potential her website is emmadoyle.com.au and i'm simon blair trainer assessor and coach of sales and customer service skills with my own company five degrees connect with me on linkedin or email me at simon.blair at 5degrees, that's F-I-V-E-D-E-G-R-E-E-S dot com dot A-U.